Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. Episode 89, as always, I'm joined by Dom. Yeah, coming to you from my dungeon here. <laughs> and Jordan. Greetings. And special returning guest for, I think, the third time, Ian from Easy Allies. I think so, yeah. Hi. Yeah, I, th- I think it's been three times. We, we get you on as, as soon as we can. You're a very busy man, so we try to get you in as often as we can. Thank you for joining us this week. Um, Happy to be here. And a very busy news week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess, yeah, we'll hop into what we've been playing lately. For me, it's another week of simply just Monster Hunter World. Um, I'm about 55 hours in now. That's basically all I've been playing. I know I'm not as as deep, <laughs> yeah, as deep as Ian is. I think you're over 100 hours or something, right? I remember. Oh you yeah, it. way over. <laughs> yeah, hundred um, hundred something. As hours. far as like the the main the main campaign goes, I just did the whole thing with the pink Rathian. So, mm-hmm. um, I've just been doing a lot of side stuff too, playing with friends, doing arenas. I'm like brand new to the Monster Hunter franchise. Like I've never really played any of the other ones, but like this one has hooked me like crazy. Um, I, I, don't, I guess I don't really need to hop into everything I've specifically been doing. Uh, but I have been actually experimenting with other weapons. So I've been using the Insect Glaive a lot. I like that. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to have a backup weapon because, for me personally, Diablos gave me such a hard time. Um, which is weird because I, I heard people have a lot, of it, a lot of issues with Anjanath. And I didn't really have any issues with Anjanath, like, starting off in the game. And with that, when I came to Diablos, I just hit a wall. So I, I tr- uh, try the charged axe, I think is what it's called. The one where it's like flips from like a blunt axe, like a sharp sword. Charge um, blade, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and that, that one's, I, I kind of like it, but nothing's like the insect glaive, man. Like the maneuverability and like, I love the, the kinsect, how you can just like pick off the, the buffs you want. Like the movement speed and the, the attack and all that stuff. It just... Um, that game's so beautiful because there's a weapon for every kind of playstyle, which I really enjoy. Um, you see that in, like, the Dark Souls series and stuff, but not to the extent I think of with Monster Hunter, where each weapon is super, super unique to that playstyle. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I wanted to finish Celeste. I was able to put in, like, 30 minutes into it. I'm still enjoying it. I just haven't gotten around to beating it. I think it's, like, a five-hour game, and I'm, like, three hours in, so I'm past the halfway point. Um, other than that, I watched Black Panther, um, loved it. I wouldn't say it's my favorite MCU movie. I'd probably still put Winter Soldier above it, but it was a fantastic mm. film. I love the social commentary in it. Uh, my only gripe with the movie is that there was some funky CG, but I kind of deal with that in Marvel movies. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember in Civil War, the scene where Iron Man's holding a war machine. Robert Downey Jr.'s face looks very weird in the suit. Like, it just looked like it wasn't placed correctly or something. Um... Yeah, I love the movie. I think the only the, the the worst parts of that movie were when there were the two CG characters when Killmonger and and T'Challa were fighting each other. But like, I love the ending of that movie. Uh, real quick aside as well, Ryan Coogler, the director, talked about how the post credit scene, which I don't want to ruin for people who haven't seen it, was going to be the original ending. But he felt that making the uh, making the actual ending what it was, um, which I don't want to spoil it for people, felt like it was more impactful. And I I agree with the whole message of the movie. Rather than yeah. that that post credit scene or mid credit scene. Yeah, the um, mid credit. Interesting. One. Yeah, I, I I love the movie though. Uh, I don't want to go too long on it. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much it for me. Monster Hunter World as usual. What about you guys? So this is uh, I guess week three where I've kind of been taking a step back from the old game machines. 
um, but uh, plenty of other stuff to do. Um, we were talking about Annihilation that's coming out uh, this weekend, and I've been reading through uh, that trilogy of books, so I'm on the third one right now. Um, also reading uh, Watchmen for now the third time, going along with Comic Book Girl 19's uh, Watchmen Club that she's doing. Um, finishing up Overlord, the anime. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Um, what else? Oh, I've been going back through um, the a lot of the DC animated films. And I know uh, you guys know I'm a, I'm a big fan of that stuff. I, I watch all of those. Um, but uh, watched Justice League. That, that Harley Quinn one, right? That was the best one. Fuck, Dom, don't. Don't do it to me. The worst part, Dom, about that is that it is technically, because of Bruce Tim in an interview, it is technically part of the Batman the Animated Series canon. It is, like, like That's this That's the one that has, like, the weird, like, like sex Fart scenes, jokes right? and sex scene and yeah. two terrible musical numbers back-to-back. Um, yeah, it is garbage and that's the craziest part is that the vast majority of the DC animated movies are really fucking dope so um, yeah Justice League Crisis on Two Earths is one that I watched uh, which was actually meant to be a movie for uh, the Justice League animated series back in the day but kind of got reworked Um, and it was really fucking good uh, the second time and then I also watched uh, Batman Gotham Knight which came out around the time of The Dark Knight. And it is uh, really fucking cool. It's Batman anime. Um, these different uh, anime studios in Japan, like uh, Madhouse and Production IG, um, they did these little vignettes. I think there's five of them. Um, and they're just, you know, all disconnected little Batman short stories. Um, really cool stuff. That is something I would recommend to just about anybody if you haven't seen it. Um, is Batman yeah, these... Ninja out? No, but that's kind of why I was uh, specifically watching that one because, yeah, right. that's the next little Batman anime. Which I was also thinking today about how crazy it is that more um, Western and Eastern collaborations don't happen there, where like um, you give the uh, Eastern Japanese studios licenses. Like we've had uh, Marvel anime series. Um, we've had these couple of Batman anime movies, but I'd like to see it happen more often, and hopefully Batman Ninja uh, coming out in April is the uh, the start of that, because uh, it's just so fucking cool what those guys can do with our um, super American, specifically comic book properties. So, um, yeah, that shit is really good. Unfortunately, there is the, uh, the dark mark that is Batman and Harley Quinn. Um, yeah. But we we don't we don't have to watch that anymore. <laughs> Did uh, you watch the Killing Joke animated? Yeah. Okay. So th- we've cracked the egg, guys. I guess we're getting into it. I think Bruce Tim's <laughs> fallen off of his fucking rocker. Bruce Tim is the guy that did the whole DC animated universe back in the '90s and early 2000s with Batman the animated series, Superman the animated series, uh, Justice League, and then uh, Batman Beyond. Um, and all that shit was really good. The movies, you know, Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero and uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. All that shit yeah. is awesome. And then in these last few years, he's kind of gotten back on that horse. And he did Batman the Killing Joke where he adds in this, uh, like, prologue almost at the beginning with Batgirl where she's yeah. 
fucking Bruce Wayne on a fucking rooftop, and then now we get <laughs> oh, Batman so and Harley Quinn. It's like, dude, you're clearly off your fucking rocker. You've jumped the shark. Like, maybe just pretty take weird. the reins back. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what happened to Bruce Tim, but yeah, it's weird. It's like it's. <laughs> Never mind. I was gonna make a. <laughs> comparison and you don't want to hear it. it's pretty bad uh it's just it's weird though because that was definitely people are wondering like it doesn't seem the killing joke's great but how are they going to make a full-length like animated movie out of it and they're like, yeah it's real oh, short we'll just add weird stuff you know and then yeah it didn't pay off well, i mean honestly too, it works pro- except for that sex scene yeah i think it if they just made the book if it had just been an hour long it would have been fine yeah yeah because everything after that weird prologue piece was pretty much i mean yeah clip for clip the book um, yeah, but it, if it, it ain't broke, really... don't fix it. Exactly. Yeah. But, but even then, it like it didn't add anything for me because I was like, this is as if I'm reading the comic again, um, right? Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. I mean, I was picturing you know like Mark Hamill's voice anyway or whatever. So I don't know. It was yeah, good, was but weird. that comic is like super fucking special. So it was going to be yeah. really hard, even without the extra part, to do it uh, total justice and just nail that shit. So. Um, yeah, you. At the end of the day, you might wish that they had just left it alone. But like I said, most of these DC animated movies are home runs. So you know, every now and then there's going to be a couple swing and a miss. DC has to nail it in some in some front when it comes to movies. And yeah, they Jesus the Christ. Ones, for the most part, anyways. Uh, Dom, what have you played? Did you have a chance to play anything? I got into some Batman stuff. Also, uh, episode Points. four of Telltale's Batman. Oh, okay. season I for- two. I forgot that I hadn't finished yet. Man, yeah, yep. No, episode I'm four for came that out. Episode four came out like a week or two ago, and it took me a while to get to it, but I finally did. Um, right before I moved, actually, I haven't plugged my PS4 back in since I moved. So, but episode four was more whole, like more craziness. Uh, like the first season, I kind of liked it. I think Jordan, you did too, because they kind of took their own liberties with um, the typical Batman lore. They kind of made their own things and kind of, you know did some different things with characters and they continue to do that but they're going even further and it's getting to the point where i'm like okay now it's like we're being different just for the sake of it almost and i don't know it's it's not holding me in as close as the first season did at this point Mm. but it's it's not bad um and i'm all the the joker and harley quinn stuff that's pretty much they're kind of like the main characters really in this season and it's I don't want to say too much, but it's different what they're yeah. doing with them. So, and it kind of came to a bit of a climax in episode four, but I we'll just see. I just started uh, episode one of season one of that actually like a week ago. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. Kind of just ran. It was free on PSN last month or something. So. I, I like the first season. I like I, said, I haven't played mm-hmm. all of oh, the yeah. second season yet, but like like Dom said, the liberties they take with Idian are pretty interesting. Like there's some stuff that you know, as like a, somebody who follows Batman, you're like, oh, I expect this to play out like this, and yeah. they hit you with some blindsides that are really interesting, really cool. I was um, in. I was fucking digging it crazy. So it's, it's crazy how you can take a treasure trove of the Batman characters and do something uh, fresh and creative <laughs> with it, huh? Yeah. Fucking Joss Whedon, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw that, Ian. There was news today that Joss Whedon dropped out of the Batgirl movie. Yeah. yeah he but tell him why. A, yeah, he said he I didn't saw, have a story it, yeah. for it. Yeah, very weird. I mean, I um, think I think that that might be a convenient excuse, too. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I agree. The fact it's that a it's, bitch-ass excuse. Yeah, but, like, you need a woman to direct it. Also, I kind of wish they would do Batwoman, because that... Rebooted comic. Kane, yes. Is really good. 
Oh, yeah. It started There's... really good. The Rucka stuff was really good, and then it got, like, kind of lost me after a while, but when I'm, it booted really... up, it was really good. I'm really not familiar with uh, Batwoman. Does she rock the same like purple yellow suit, or is it like a black suit? Like, no, like dude. Batman? She basically has like a red. female Batman Beyond suit, kind of. Oh, yeah. Cool. And she has this awesome, like fiery red hair that's coming out of the top of her uh, cowl that looks really dope. That's awesome. Plus she's plus she's gay, which is really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. She like oh, yeah, that's gets, interesting. She like gets kicked out of the military because she won't lie. She won't just. She won't just, like, tow the party line. You know? He's like, just tell me what I need to hear and you'll be all right, her general or whatever. And then she's like, I'm gay. (laughs) That's funny. He's like, well, see you later. That's good. So they dive into the whole don't ask, don't tell thing. Yeah. That's really cool. It was a year, a couple years ago? I don't know when that reboot started, but during New 52, I think. New 52, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, She's gay in the uh, DC sense. Like, she actually has a reason to be as opposed to the Marvel sense where everything's diversity for no fucking reason at all. Yeah, it's like part of the story, which is cool. Yeah, that's I cool. can appreciate that. Um, Dom, you were talking about obviously Batman season two. I forgot that the Guardians game was still going on because I remember when that game first right. came out. I was like, when it finishes, I'll get it all and I want to play through it. Even though like the reviews are kind of eh, I still like playing through Telltale games. They're like uh, junk food for me. Um, I mean, like <laughs> Walking Dead season one is really good, but like a lot of them are just like I just like going through the motions. Um, but, yeah, that game hasn't even finished its first season yet, which is weird because that one came out a while back. It just You don't hear tell- about it much. Telltale's whole situation yeah, now with, like, the layoffs and everything and them scaling back, it's like... They, I they, think it has... I think they did finish Guardians, though. No, I, it's here. only four episodes, I'm pretty sure. I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's only four episodes. Um, are they changing engines now? Are they, are they changing engines now, finally, because they fired everyone? I don't know. So they confirmed... The only thing we know is, uh, obviously, the last season, the finale of Walking Dead Season 4. Um, we know... Wolf Among Us. The Wolf Among Us Season 2, and that's pretty much it. So I don't know if they're going to change their engine just for those two games, or if they're uh-huh. going to go get those out and then do something. But uh, And uh, they've said that uh, Game of Thrones Season 2 is like on hiatus, essentially. Yeah. When, when is that ever happening? Uh, Unfortunately. <laughs> We'll see that by the time George R. R. Martin finishes the actual books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah uh, Ian, what have you played? Uh, were you done, Dom? Or? Yeah, no, yeah. that was it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Crazy uh, busy, so, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, Monster Hunter World, praise be, you know, like, yeah. go, goatee five ever, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in the end game grind right now. I'm just trying to get to level 50 so that tempered monsters, so I can fight tempered elder dragons and actually get augmented gems to drop at a reasonable rate. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, just kind of doing that. Insect glaive for life. Can't go back. Yep. Like, yep. Everything else is too slow. I'd say if you're having trouble with like Diablos and stuff, jump more. It's harder for them to hit you. Like I'm almost like never on the ground. Um, yeah. Oh. And I just like solo everything, and it's like easier. <laughs> well, the uh, scaling is it's it scales one person and then four people, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. multi or single, and that's it. Yeah. Um, apparently, which is pretty crazy. Uh, but uh, besides that, I played. What did I play? I I streamed the Age of Empires Definitive Edition a little bit. That was weird. Ooh. Uh. <laughs> How was it though? I mean. I mean, it's good. It's just like it's just that game but yeah. looks better, you know? Like, I thought they might add some of the streamlining stuff that, and, like, quality of life features that later games had, like 2. I remember playing a lot of 2 and 3, 
even though apparently three is not well liked historically i guess but uh an age of mythology um i liked but uh there are just some things in this one that i forgot weren't there you know in the first one um but it's really good it's also like really hard i during the stream i realized how bad i was at that game that's funny uh so like we resorted to cheats <laughs> pretty, awesome cheese it quickly um but then uh i've been getting really into a game called slay the spire uh mm. which is like this weird early access uh it's sort of like dominion meets darkest dungeon i guess you have Ooh. cards it's a card it's a, one of the new billion card based games but uh it's really interesting the way it does it it's a roguelike you go through these dungeons uh and you just go until you die and uh you gain points toward unlocking like new cards to randomly show up after you beat a boss or a, a, a enemy you get a new card to add to your deck um and then uh you just kind of like it's like an arena run where you just kind of like make a deck as you go and hope for the best um but it's cool i like it a lot um yeah and then just now before we started recording this i bought the new expansion for stellaris um Ooh. so that just that just came out today as of today on this recording uh so i'm excited for that it adds all kinds of crazy new stuff i guess i don't even know the full extent but it's called apocalypse so that's that bodes well for these planets i think uh yeah <laughs> what else we started batman yeah i saw um i saw black panther as well i really liked it i thought uh that it's probably one of their best villains like everybody's been saying oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent uh just because like it's a really weird movie because i've heard a few people say this as a critique but i think it's the point of the movie is like you're kind of on the the bad guy's side for a while you're like your methods are wrong like you're e you've got evil methods but like the point you're making is sort of right like i yeah. kind of agree with what you're saying and like you can tell that the heroes do too kind of um it's it's pretty interesting uh i really liked it and yeah like i think it had less of a budget for effects than maybe your avengers movies do but i don't know i found this one more interesting than i than i find those uh yeah and i'm just stoked for annihilation seeing that tomorrow i've read all those books i love them so we'll see uh it is interesting like the news of whitewashing that they that they were talking about because in the first book uh you don't even know their names they're just referred yeah. to as their job title uh okay. and then in i think the third book you find out that like the main character is asian um but it's like not a thing it doesn't if i remember i read them a long time ago but like uh it's very interesting like alex garland was like i didn't even know about this which might be a lie i don't know but it's really interesting because like obviously i think whitewashing is bad but um it's so weird in these books where like the characters are basically not described in any way <laughs> yeah it's just left up for your imagination so i could see if it is true that it what he didn't know i could see that happening i guess but it's kind of a bummer but whatever uh it that's in, that's an interesting situation though, because it's not like right off the bat where it is, uh, you know, people know off the bat that it's a an, a, an Asian character. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah. I mean, ideally, right? Like, people just are who they are. They're described in like things like that, 
just come up when they would naturally come up, you know, yeah. in, in, in a novel. But then it runs the risk of this happening. And, like, unless it is explicit, then, like, sadly, I think Hollywood will default to white actors most of the time, you know? Yeah. Because uh, that's just, like, what they do. But, yeah. It's a, it's a murky situation because it's, like... Uh, like, I don't know if they were intentionally doing it, but it's kind of a bummer that it happened. Yeah. But it, I just hope I just hope the movie is good, too. I don't know. It's a weird conversation, too, because, like, how many people that read the first book read the whole trilogy? So to them, that character doesn't really have a specific uh, right. race. It's Yeah, it's, it's a very weird situation. Well, um, and the, the, the books are so bizarre just by nature, too. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say too much, but, like, the second book is very different from the first. And yeah. then the third kind of, like, ties them together. But, like... Genre swap. The genre, yeah. They, and it, like, changes tone and setting and, like, intent, like, a lot. Uh, and it isn't... I mean, really, you could look... Because they all came out... They, they, like... Somebody referred to it as, like, a Netflix release strategy. But the, all three books came out, I think, in the same year. And, yep. um... You could almost look, I almost kind of looked at them as one book because I I audio booked them like back to back to back, uh, and it, looking at it like that, it makes a little more sense. Like it flows a little better. Um, it's sort of like how if you think of Twin Peaks season three as a movie instead of a series, it actually kind of works better. It's just an eighteen-hour movie, uh, which people hate when people say that, but it kind of makes more sense <laughs> as a thing. Yeah. But yeah. uh reading earlier on in the third book it's even switches perspectives like it was uh third person and then i think went to second person for this one chapter i was like damn that's some yeah that's some there's a big jump he's vandermeer does some weird stuff (laughs) oh yeah he has a very eccentric style in a lot of ways yeah well because the first book is like almost like graham stoker-esque where it's just like a person's field journal you know and so it's like, man, and I'm really looking forward to the movie because it's like, how are you going to film things where, like, the character can't even describe what they're seeing because it's, like, so yeah. brain-melting, like, ooh, looking forward to it. Because there aren't, there aren't any good – it's being compared to Lovecraft, you know, and there aren't that many good Lovecraft movies, which I think is sadly no. – you know, like, cosmic horror is my favorite genre of horror, and it's like, we need more good – just let Guillermo do – at the Mountains of Madness, man. Uh, Let him do it. Um, Give him all the money he I needs. Would say, I would say that uh, Bloodborne is probably the best oh, yeah. Lovecraft adaptation we have, and it's not even a Lovecraft adaptation. So. Absolutely. And, and Jordan, did I tell you, I found, apparently this has been a thing going around. I, I might have mentioned it already. Someone put together, someone on Reddit, I think, put together basically a, I guess you call it a novel or a collection of all the Bloodborne lore, like Ooh. sequentially described or whatever and yeah kind of he kind of lays out all the facts and all the stuff and then where it gets kind of murky he says well then this is my interpretation of what this means um yes that sounds awesome yeah it's called a pale the pale blood hunt so i mean if you just google it you'll find i've heard of that actually yeah did vada video write this or (laughs) who did i think he referenced it actually in a video okay Hmm. interesting cool um jared quick fact check for you Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale Episode 5 was released on November 17th of last year. Seven. Really? Oh, really? Oh, November 7th. Wow. I thought it was Okay, then I'm way off. I guess th- I guess that shows 
I all right. <laughs> I thought that I remember that downloading just kinda, it. I was like, yeah, I it came out I, like I downloaded. That's came out like an old lady fart. Just sort yeah, of. No one talks about <laughs> it. I think out of like the games media people I follow, I literally think Kyle from Easy Allies was the only person I ever heard play it, and he's like, yeah, whatever. whatever. Well, that's Kyle. So it can be hit or miss. Um, I guess we'll uh, into. Uh, one one more thing I wanted to mention. I just remembered. Uh, I, I but because right before it happened, right before that we started this, Janelle Monae just put out two fire music videos. They are out of control. Ooh. I watched them like four times a piece, and they're <laughs> so good. Uh, I'm not familiar with the artist, but I saw you post it on Twitter, and I was like, I'm, I'm gathering the news, so I listened to it beforehand. It's really good, and I the music video is very like vibrant and colorful. Really cool. I mean, it's, she's she's basically extremely talented. Yeah, she's out of control. She's so good. Plus, she's just like the gloves are off, man. It's so good. She's oh yeah, she's like, weird. I'm tired of this, like. That's awesome. Oh yeah. god, she's so good. Anyway, uh, let's hop into the news now. Um, so the first news story is about uh, Unity actually partnering with IBM uh, to bring Watson AI to games. Um, so there was a report that happened uh, via Unity's blog, which stated that um, IBM Watson. Uh, was going to have its own Unity SDK, which is a software development kit, and it's available in the Unity Asset Store currently. And people are already kind of, uh, you know, talking about the the things that can happen in the future with AR and VR with this type of AI available to them. Um, it's it's very interesting. Uh, we talked about before the show, uh, Ian, that last time you were on, or maybe the first time you were on, we talked about like the future of AI in games. And yeah. uh, I, I want to hear from you. What's your perspective on this AI uh, from you know IBM Watson? What do you think that's going to do for games? Oh, I mean, I think it. I think if I remember correctly, last time I was on, I said something to the effect that I think the next big jump uh, that'll wow everyone in the way that like jumping to HD uh, with graphics did is is more convincing AI. You know, I think that that's one of the big things that games needs to do to keep keep tech pushing forward i think that's one of the next big jumps and so yeah i think that using watson uh, you know this ai that's been around for a while they've been tweaking for a long time that's been uh i mean he's been used in a lot of different uh gaming scenarios too right like chess and jeopardy and stuff right and uh hmm. so i think it's a uh, if i'm remembering correctly i think he competed on jeopardy and and plays chess with people but uh yeah i think it's really interesting and plus giving it giving it to people or allowing access to people to some kind of powerful AI like this. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what will happen. Uh, in interesting thing in the article, it also goes on to state that a few examples that have already been uh, used uh, with this type of technology is that it uh, gave people the ability to uh, issue vocal commands to NPCs in Star Trek bridge crew. And oh, cool. And I guess in Watson and waffles, which I, uh, I'm not familiar with. It's a VR adventure title. I guess Watson AI was used to help identify 3D objects drawn by the player to the NPCs, which is really Whoa. interesting. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things that can happen with the future of this. I think like the, the melding of this is really cool. Um, Unity is actually an engine I'm learning to dabble in uh, with game design and stuff. And, Me too. Uh, it's, it's a very interesting engine. A lot of people associate it with indie games, but I think it's a lot more powerful than people give it credit for. Um, I think it just depends on you know what you know to do with the tools at hand, but like I, I really think this is a this could be like I don't want to say a groundbreaking moment because I don't want to you know go that crazy with it, but it's very interesting to see this partnership and see where it goes because uh, the Watson AI is like 
insane with the things it can do. So, yeah, it's the real shit. Yeah, uh, Dahmer <laughs> Jordan, do you have anything to, to say on it uh, about this merger? No, I mean, I don't know enough about Watson, but I keep hearing about it. It seems to be like the hotness, sort of. Sp- I don't know why I said that word, but <laughs> it, it's kind of like the popular thing. Even like, even like the company I work for, like we talk about, you know, using possibly utilizing Watson for our, you know, SAP system and yada, yada, like just all sorts of different areas. It gets talked about being used again. I don't know enough about it to say anything intelligent more than that, but yeah, yeah, it's interesting. We'll see what comes of it. Well, I think the biggest thing is that it's, it's used heavily in like B2B and like B2C uh, things with business to business and business to consumer. And uh, it's also cloud-based, which I think helps it too. Um, The cloud. Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a very, love that cloud. Yeah. I, I love the tagline on this article, too. It says, elementary, my dear Watson. So I was like, oh, yeah, of course you're going to make that pun. Anything Probably Watson. the first time that's been used. In yeah. yeah. Um, the second thing I wanted to touch on isn't a, it isn't necessarily a news story, and we don't need to go too much into it because uh, I don't think everybody here on the podcast watched the video. Um, but Dice is happening uh, this week as we record this podcast. And um, Phil Spencer had a talk he gave. It was about a 45-minute discussion um, where he just went on stage and was very candid, and he talked about toxic corporate culture um, within Microsoft and Xbox and just in general. He talked about uh, diversity and representation and how important that is in video games um, because they're an avenue for entertainment that's growing exponentially, unlike almost every other medium. He also talked about complications in creating inclusive gaming communities and when you kind of try to um, allow everybody to be a part of something you're creating, not everybody that's joining is necessarily uh, good, right? Um, it's a very interesting discussion he has. It's very frank. To have somebody as high level as he is in a, in a company like Microsoft talk about this stuff uh, was really great to hear. Uh, his whole opening um, statement talks about him growing up as a kid and learning how to make games with his dad. He even touches on... World of Warcraft and a bunch of other games, um, which is really cool to see because a lot of times in these discussions, uh, these higher ups have a tendency to just kind of um, you know talk about the games they're associated with uh, and their company and stuff like that. So it's cool to see him touch on World of Warcraft and a lot of other games. Uh, he also talked about the I want to say they're the like the classic computer RPGs, and you can help me with this, Ian, because this is something I'm I'm younger than you, so it's something I'm not too familiar with. But muds. Mud, yeah, mud, muds. Yeah, text-based kind of yeah role-playing yeah. servers. I used to do some of those when I was younger, like role-play only servers, like chat rooms and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, uh, it was a very fascinating talk. Um, I, I guess we could talk about it briefly. What, what do you guys think about somebody in his position being able to talk about this stuff openly, like toxic corporate culture? I mean, it's a huge issue in Hollywood right now. Um, yeah. Sounds like Phil. Yeah. He's very personable and very relatable. Classic Phil. He was like probably the best person for Xbox after the whole Xbox One announcement debacle with Don. TV, Matrix. TV. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, one of the things that you mentioned, Jared, was that he's willing to talk about things outside of just Xbox, like other games and stuff. Yeah. And I do get that sometimes, especially from uh, some of the suits uh, higher up in certain companies where they almost want to act like. Uh, things outside their ecosystem do not exist. Like, yeah, does he yeah, say it's... other platform, or does he right, say yeah. PlayStation? Right? Yeah, it's like, why? 
Yeah. Why? You're just it's it really comes off as immature in a lot of ways. So um, I can appreciate when uh, Phil Spencer or Pete Hines um, or anybody for that matter is willing to yeah talk about other publishers, talk about other um, uh, platform creators um, as if they're exactly what they are real and in, in existence. So um, that's a big thing for me is even though it sounds super small, I can really appreciate that when they're mature enough to be like, yeah, PlayStation exists, PlayStation's great, but we're Xbox and we're great too, you know? Yeah. And it's it's funny too because the, the whole discussion of toxic corporate culture is super relevant after we've heard everything that's happened with Quantic Dream as of late. Oh, I was going to say Atari. <laughs> Never mind. Well, Atari as well, yeah, but that's like, you know, going that back old in the news. Older news, yeah. yeah. What happened with Quantic Dream? I don't... I don't know if I've heard about this. Oh, oh shit. Oh, yeah. love this yeah, story. There was a, <laughs> so basically what happened with Contact Dream is um, it was reported that their – how would I phrase this? Um, they would have um, – their intercompany email chain would often make fun of other workers. Um, they I'm, – I'm trying to All remember. All kinds of slurs. All racial. Kinds of slurs, racial slurs. Like sexist. Like, apparently like yeah. sending like cartoon dicks around and weird, really childless well, like, kind of stuff. Weird. Like photoshops oh, yeah. where they've got a Nazi uniform on and they're like, you know, in sexually explicit poses and all kinds of like really weird, goofy, like middle school bullshit. Weird. That's what I said. It sounds like middle school, man. Like, and, uh, like American they're, Vandal. They're a, they're a French-based company and they're all, uh, partially funded by the government. So what happened is after these uh, all these stories came out, Ian, the French yeah. government had uh, put in a full investigation to investigate them because obviously if they're being funded by the government they need to know everything that's going on is is kosher um, right but they yeah there's a there's a whole conspiracy theory that the reason why we haven't seen uh, an announcement for Detroit is because they were planning on announcing it and then all this stuff came out it's like well we kind of don't want to make our announcement when we're we have a, a bad public image um, yeah, it's it's a very weird odd situation. I'm surprised you hadn't heard about it cuz Yeah, that's I'm surprised I haven't heard about that too. Well, and also like David Cage like putting himself in heavy rain like in the secret uh dance video thing, like dancing around with the model of the one character in her underwear and stuff. It's like always been a little weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's stuff it's always been a little like of an edge case where I'm like is it where it, are you coming at this from? Like what's happening? Yeah, it's kind of like some of the issues that have uh, arisen with uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance, uh, that oh, whole game, God. and that. Yeah, there's. Uh, it's funny because like uh, we, I, I mentioned the the whole situation in Hollywood with Harvey Weinstein and a lot of other people, and we're we're seeing this stuff kind of unfold where people are more open to talking about all these issues, and uh, yeah, it's that whole Quantic Dream stuff. It was it was the hot topic for about a week and a half, Ian. So when you get a chance, you should because yeah. there's there's a ton of gross information about what happened there. Ugh. Um, yeah, it's um, <laughs> very bad situation. Um, moving on I, to yeah. Sorry, do you, do you have anything? Well, I just, I mean, I, it's it's cool if I mean I, again, I, I yeah, I haven't seen the video like you said, but um, of of Phil Spencer, but I mean, yeah, we're we're in a landscape now where we need to just talk about these things openly and earnestly, and um, it falls to the leadership if they're good leaders to be the ones who start talking about it and open up that dialogue and make people feel heard and seen and protected and like. That's, 
I love I like that. Like that's that's really good. And if he's coming from a place of uh honest open discourse like that, that's a really good thing. Uh I mean like I don't think he's just doing it to like cover his ass or something like that. Like that's a very cynical um uh, that was like a thought I had. I'm like, Oh, I wonder if he's got skeletons he's trying to get out ahead of and I was like, Oh, why am I being cynical? Why am I Yeah. Why am I doubting that? Why is that my first I guess just because now I'm conditioned that, like, there are no heroes, right? Like, everyone's yeah. a monster. <laughs> yeah, everyone's um, a villain, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and then with stuff like Kingdom Come Deliverance, man, like, ugh. I just want to keep my distance from that, like, anytime. What's the deal there? Comes up. Uh, yeah, the, I gotta read the, about this still, too. The creator um, is apparently, like, a Gamergate supporter. Uh, and people were saying, like, oh, maybe the game is uh, oh. kind of espousing that kind of rhetoric you know um and they were they were getting on on him for uh refusing to put people of color in the game because he kept he kept asserting that in this part of history he's talked to historians that there weren't people of color they just didn't exist in this area which is probably not true um you know like people get around if it is it's convenient that that's what you picked i guess right yeah Yeah. well yeah even if it is like change it like right. why, like just make people feel represented like what's the problem like i don't know it, and <laughs> it's just such a sticky wicket man and then like people are like not covering his game because he's a gamer gator or whatever and like you're damned if you do damned if you don't you know honestly like if you don't cover it people are going to come after you if you do cover it people are going to come after you and it's like the general the general like consensus is separate the art from the artist right but yeah. like uh, where um, that gets murky mm, where that gets that. murky is <laughs> yeah. if the artist is putting that that message into their art uh you know that remains to be seen and like for my my two cents on it is like sure cover the game discuss the artist and the political landscape that this art is being released in and if if they're pushing some kind of agenda in the game, talk about that, you know, like, I don't know, but like there, if people are being intentionally hurtful, uh, you know, intentionally trying to exclude or hurt or damage people, um, whether that's through hate speech or um, omission, uh, you know, of, of presence in, in a thing, you know, I think that that's bad. And I think that, that should be discussed and and uh, worked against, you know. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. People, well, you know, Gamergate doesn't like me, so whatever. <laughs> well, I think the 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 man the uh, the gross thing too. What Huber mentioned, I uh, forgot uh, something or another. Huber was Frank talking about playing the game. Thing. Yeah, and he he mentioned that there's a scene in the game where. Uh, you're you're a son and your mom and dad are like outside or something your mom goes in to like cook and the dad like smacks her on the ass as she's going in like just like smacks her on the ass and it's weird because if you're going to be so historically accurate i don't know if back then that was something that a male did to a female and on top of that there's actually a scene where spoiler for kingdom come deliverance your parents die and both your parents are laying there dead but the son only cries and sobs over the father he doesn't even yeah. mention the mother who's laying right Apparently there he dead doesn't as even well. like look at her or acknowledge her death in any way is what he's yeah. saying very weird so i have a question um 
the so obviously this kind of the the mother father dying scene doesn't necessarily pertain to that but uh jared you were saying like wondering if uh men were actually slapping women's asses back then and then ian you mentioned like um even if there weren't actually uh people with darker skin in you know northern europe during medieval times uh go ahead and put them in anyways but uh in some sense i almost feel like well first of all to uh respond to you jared i do think that was probably the case i do think that you know men were probably uh mistreating and uh kind of harassing women i'm not saying they wouldn't mistreat him it's just like the slapping of the ass thing seems like a very modern roman i don't know it it just doesn't seem very historically accurate I think men have been treating women like garbage since the dawn of time, you know? Yeah. So it, yeah. Yeah. If, if it's there, question, they've been slapping it, probably. Yeah. My question to you guys is, I do think that was the case in both of those examples. I do think that there were uh, far less people of color in Northern Europe at the time, and I also think that, as we've stated, men were definitely mistreating women at the time. So um, if we end up taking that stuff out of there or putting darker skin color people in, then that's that's like a whole different uh it's like it's like the opposite of whitewashing but still just as bad to me because then you're rewriting history uh to, to make me, people feel more comfortable right i mean there's definitely that consideration and if you're doing it i mean for me it comes down to like what are the stories that we as artists want to tell and why are we telling them like do we need another story about white people abusing women or whatever it is you know like do we need that maybe not probably not like whereas with something like black panther it's like that is a story that i think is valuable to society like showing representative heroes of people of color and women uh, in these situations, like have empowering these underrepresented people is hugely powerful and meaningful. And I mean, you can see that in the outpouring of positive, uh, reactions from black Panther that like that story is powerful and that representation matters. It makes people feel like they matter. And, um, you know, that, further stories in the narrative of uh you know privileged peoples you know we're not really gaining anything from that as a society you know and i'm not saying that we can't tell stories about medieval times and we can't tell stories about white people or men that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying like why like it's not it's not unfair to examine these stories and why they're being told Uh, so in addition to that too ian i think i think we're finding i mean as we see with black panther it's also financially smart to represent more people right and And, one woman yeah right because you know one of the excuse i don't want to say excuses but one of the things people used to say is like well you know like how you know movies are primarily white people because that's that's what sells right well i think we kind of Black Panther is just one example of, well, maybe other cultures and more representation can sell too. And that seems to be the case. So I, I think, yeah, we're going to start, companies are going to start to see like, well, not only like, is it better for our appearance, but we're literally going to make more money by representing more people and get more people, more different groups coming to see our movie that might not have otherwise, I think. Well, and also, yeah. 
it I think that that's true and also I think that quality plays a huge role too like Black Panther just yeah. is, is it's also not only because of that right well and right. it's also just good <laughs> it's a good movie uh, yeah. which you know that thankfully is the case like if Black Panther had been terrible uh, it probably still would have done all right financially but you know it would wouldn't yeah. have had the legs that it's having you know but yeah, yeah I don't know it's such everything uh, is such a complicated issue and like it's not black and white <laughs> everything right it's worth analyzing though yeah. like you said it's it's definitely worth analyzing and like obviously like i am white and have that privilege and i'm aware of that and i don't know the full extent of you know for example the black experience or the female experience or you know any of that kind of stuff uh so i you know any opinion yeah. I have has to be t- looked at through that lens, but yeah, I don't know. I just think like, in in the case of Kingdom Come Deliverance too, it's like these when when a when a socio political movement becomes part of the narrative of a video game, I I just think that that's so interesting and strange and like, I mean for my money like, it's video games like, they're obviously video games are art and entertainment uh and like that is a new it's part of the news journalism kind of realm but like i think that a lot of these things get like i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say like more intense than they need to be i don't know yeah uh i I just wanted to touch on so jordan you make a good point yeah there there is an argument there to be had of like not including things just to include them my perspective on it is like the whole situation with that game, the reason I'm disgusted by it is the culmination of all of those parts together, not necessarily one on its own. Um, yeah, it definitely doesn't look good from that perspective. Yeah. yeah. And my my other thing with it is, like, if you're going to do stuff like that, you should make it interesting in the narrative. Like, for me, if I would have seen the, the scene of the, the father slapping the mom on the ass or something, then that would be a, that would be a good way to kind of grow the relationship between the son and the mother and him see what she has to deal with and stuff like that and make an interesting narrative of like his relationship with his mother but then to also end that with them dying and he doesn't even you know right sob over his mother or do anything it just it's it's weird and hearing the whole thing about the creator and and his whole belief system it's like a weird agenda kind of thing and i don't know it's i agree with ian in a certain perspective of like Sometimes it's he made artistic liberties in that game. You know what I mean? It's not a hundred percent historically accurate, right? It'd be it'd be cool if he made some more interesting choices as well. You know, I don't know. It's it's a very touchy subject, but like that well, whole thing. Ugh. It, well, and and like Jared, just uh, I don't want you to feel like I was coming after you or whatever. Because like I I agree that like if you're making a movie set in a men's prison entirely, you know, like it's gonna be mostly men. If you're, mm. you know, if you're making Das Boot or Das Boot or whatever, like, you're gonna have a bunch of men on a submarine, and that's just what your movie is. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not saying like you should just inject people that like historically wouldn't be there, but like, I think a lot of it is yeah, how you handle it, how you treat it, and if you're taking other liberties, like, why not take these? But like, also just uh, how you handle yourself and how you react to criticism, because uh, like. When people raised uh, objections about these things, the creator of this kind of hit back in what seemed kind of like an overly aggressive, defensive manner, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, these aren't personal attacks necessarily, dude. They're just like critiques of your product. Um, 
And so I definitely think, like, if one, if a person gets defensive uh, or trollish in defense of their own stuff, like, it's not always the most elegant. It's not a good look. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I didn't it, even want to talk about this. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, also, so good like, on Phil Spencer, though. Yeah, <laughs> good right, on Phil yeah. Spencer. I do think, though, that there is – you can find a middle ground, too, of, like, not introducing minorities or people of color just for the sake of doing it, but you can make interesting narrative decisions of, like – they're here, why are they here? And you can make that a part of the story of, like, that's weird. Right. Why are we, you know what I mean? You don't have to make it all super like, happy-go-lucky, you know. Perhaps a, a, a more warrior comes through from somewhere else, and it's they're a cool character. Like, you can, yeah, you can do stuff. Well, and then it adds a whole other layer to the combat system in that game, right? Because that's a big selling point with that game is, like, it's realistic sword-based combat, realistic in air quotes. Um, but, yeah, there's some interesting choices that can be made there, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, like like Dom said, congratulations to Phil Spencer on a, on a great talk. Um, I guess the last topic we're gonna get into something very uh, optimistic. EA, uh, we're, we're gonna be talking about. Um, yeah, that was a joke. Obviously, uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, EA revealed their EA play plans for this year. Nothing too out of the blue. It's gonna be happening during E3, adjacent to it. Um, they always hold this event uh, where people can go and play demos for their games that are coming out. Um, some of the little tidbits that we got is that they announced you're going to be able to play or get a first look at uh, the next Battlefield experience, so we'll touch on that shortly, uh, an inside look at Anthem, and per usual EA Sports, The Sims 4, and EA's latest mobile games. Um, I guess last year there was a problem with the ticketing system. I don't know if you heard anything about that, Ian being somebody who actually attended it. Um, uh, I didn't go to EA Play, but I remember I mean, that the lines, yeah, were, yeah, the lines were really long and a lot of people couldn't get in. Yeah. I'm not sure what you guys are talking about. It was absolutely fabulous. <laughs> Went so swimmingly. Uh, uh, yeah, and it's you know it goes on to say it's going to be streamed on YouTube and Twitch and Facebook and Twitter and Snapgram and all that stuff. Um, Snapgram. Yeah. Uh, the, the conversation I wanted to have here. Uh, one talk. I want to talk about uh, EA's plans with remasters. And we can touch on that second. First of all, I want to yeah. touch on the things that they brought up. So the Battlefield experience. Now we know this is the first time them confirming we're getting a Battlefield game this year. Um, what do we think it's going to be? Is it, we have rumors of Battlefield Five, we have rumors of uh, Bad Company Three, um, or this could be an expansion uh, to Battlefield Four because um, they state Battlefield Experience, which can mean any of those things. What do you guys think is the most likely? Are we seeing the next major installment? Um, Wait, an expansion to Battlefield Four or Battlefield uh, One? Battlefield One. Sorry, yeah. It's like they're digging deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, my bad. I'm apologies. Yeah, Battlefield One, um, which is weird because people are assuming that the next one's going to be Battlefield Five if it is a numbered one. But then why, why do they call it Battlefield? It's weird naming conventions. Not a fan. Yeah, uh, like if you don't, you know, have an idea of what you what you think is going to happen, what would you prefer if you could have either like a, a new core Battlefield or Bad Company Three? I don't know if you guys played Bad Company um, at all. So uh, Bad Company Three. Yeah. So, I know that uh, Hardline didn't go over so well, RIP Visceral, but I do think that it's interesting when you take these uh, franchises, these well-established, especially these big uh, gargantuan shooter franchises like Call of Duty or Battlefield, and you try something new with it. Um, obviously, ba uh, Bad Company would be towards that direction of, of branching out a little bit more, but... Um, I'd even be interested in something completely different, um, you know, maybe like a spin-off series that 
uh, hopefully they, I, I just, I don't think that Visceral screwed anything up with Hardline. I think that EA handled it poorly, which is a big fucking surprise, but <laughs> if they could kind of get a better grip on what direction they're trying to go in with a spinoff, I think that'd be cool. Yeah. For me, it's, it's probably, I would want Bad, uh, Battlefield Bad Company 3 more. I like the Bad Company games. Um, the A new, like, mainline series doesn't do much for me. It doesn't move the needle either way, really. It's also concerning of, like, which direction are they going to go? Are they going to go more World War II or even modern era? Because we've seen people have a, it, you know, the fans of first-person shooters have a distaste for the more future-based ones. We saw Call of Duty pulling back on that, though. We might be getting Black Ops 4 this year, which I would assume is, you know, Black Ops games are usually, like, part of it takes place in the future, part of it takes place in the fa- uh, the past. There's, like, a lot of flashbacks and stuff. Um, it's, do you guys think that the next Battlefield game will have the the card, uh, like, a, a loot box card system? Do you think that's almost guaranteed at this point? EA seems to oh, refuse yeah. to learn that lesson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just I, uh, not, they're not going to stop, I feel like. Yeah. I, I, I think I, it will be better. Yeah, it won't be as like it won't affect the gameplay as much as uh, it did in Battlefront Two. I think that was a lot of people's biggest. In addition to the, okay, people's biggest problem were two things, right? The actual gambling or you know chance aspect of it, but then also the fact that it, it affected gameplay. So you, you could spend money and be better. So I think they'll at least tone down um, those two aspects of it. But yeah, there's definitely going to be some microtransactions hopefully more cosmetic stuff though but who knows i probably won't learn i'm being hopeful (laughs) yeah i think we'd be in a lot better place uh with the gaming industry as a whole if we could just get rid of this bullshit loot box system where you're paying money no matter what and then it's just a luck of the fucking draw what you're gonna get like if i'm gonna pay for a microtransaction you know a little nickel and diming here and there that's fine but I want to choose what I'm buying, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, in China, it, they they passed a law that if you have loot boxes in your games, you have to show the percentages of each item. Like, you have to be very yeah. transparent with that. Um, I guess the other two things I want to like touch on... it's like a gambling on, thing, right? Yeah. Uh, the other two things I want to touch on before we move into the whole remaster discussion is, one, there's just all these rumblings that Star Wars might take the license for EA, which is really weird. Um, a lot of these reports surfacing that... You know, uh, Disney is kind of irritated with the whole way everything shook out with EA and the Star Wars license. They've only delivered on two games in... When was that deal initially signed? Was that five years ago? Was it I think so, ago? yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah, and that they're kind of fed up with the, the products they've been delivered for the deal. And people think that they're going to pull the license from them. Um, it, it's weird. Obviously, it's a whole the business side to it of like... Legally, how can they do it? Um, are they dissatisfied with the whole deal in general? Do you guys think that That's could actually happen? That's how I happen? feel. Do you think that they if could was, pull the license? Do you oh see my gosh, happening? if I was Disney, I'd be like, fuck you guys, we're out of here. because, And I think there's got to be legal precedent. Um, you know, like, uh, shout out to the Easy Allies podcast, a little fiduciary responsibility (laughs) where it's like you guys have not been sure the games have sold well but they have done a lot in my opinion a lot of damage to the star wars brand oh i think so they have i in my opinion plenty of cause yeah i agree at at the very least or actually i would say it's pretty i'm pretty sure they're gonna pull the exclusivity from ea right where Yeah. yeah. yeah yeah ea will probably still do the next battlefront and 
whatever else uh, what is it respawn that's doing a Star Wars game that's probably yeah. still going to continue respawn has a game but, and motive has a game and motive right but I think they're also going to use other developers too um, you know just start to move it around and I, I would hope that yeah the next Battlefront um, will be much different than what we saw with two but I don't I still think Dice is the best developer for a Battlefront game you know for a large scale multiplayer Star Wars game that's I think they're probably the best um they just made avoidable mistakes with battlefront 2 so yeah it's it's interesting i wonder if they're going to take the approach that they're currently taking with marvel games where it's not a we're signing an exclusivity deal with this publisher it's we're going to this developer and this publisher and we want them to create this specific experience like they did with square enix and avengers and spider-man and insomniac um yeah it's very interesting uh ian you're a huge star wars nerd like most of us are what do, you, what do you think about this whole situation? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was just thinking about, like, the insane legal linguistic gymnastics that must be those contracts, you know? Oh, like, yeah, Jesus. I mean, I, I, I have to imagine that both sides have parachutes built into these things. Um, but, like, oh, God, I don't even want to try to imagine what those things read like. But, um, yeah, I mean... EA's had definite missteps, and then they've done things right after those missteps that you thought, well, you guys could have fixed that, and you didn't, because remember the thing that happened the other day? But, like, I mean, Battlefront still sold, like, top ten last year, you know, and, like, or whatever, and so Disney's probably pissed, but not that pissed, because the money's still there. Yeah. And, uh, I want to say it underperformed still, though, even though it was yeah. way up there. I think it underperformed there. expectations, but I think it still right. did, did It was well, one of the best-selling yeah. games, but it sold less than the first Battlefront. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think that's more important than it might seem, though, because a of sequel, course it's going right? to sell well. They want to sell more. Right. Well, but yeah. it's a fucking Star Wars game. It's going to sell well. That's not what Disney wants. They don't want right. a good-selling Star Wars game. They could get that anywhere. They want an amazingly selling Star Wars game yeah. You know that meets expectations, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree that they want to exceed expectations. Uh, it's a little weird, though, because, like, all the all the distaste for Rogue One and, like, the rumblings for Solo aren't great, you know? So it's like, who knows the what The distaste for Last Jedi? Uh, well, Rogue People didn't One like Rogue One either. Yeah. People hated Rogue One more, I think. Well, I don't know. But, uh... <laughs> Rogue One was well-received. It's, it's a whole other discussion. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole big thing. Yeah. My my general like, I am a Star Wars fan, a big Star Wars fan. But my my kind of mentality, uh, these dogs out there are going nuts. My mentality with Star Wars is generally like very positive. I think compared to, com- to compared to a lot of the fan base, I same yeah. I just I really like Star Wars. I go in, I watch it, I enjoy it by and large, and then I leave. Um, and also, like, I definitely look at them as more in the fable camp. Um, so, like, things that a lot of people have problems with, I'm like, this is just a fairy tale, guys. Like, that's how these work. Uh, yeah, but as far as the video games go, who knows? Like, Disney, I could see them yanking it from EA, but, like, on the other hand, like, I think that the threat of that would be just as effective. Because, like... Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, a different developer, 
I mean, unless you went with some, like, crazy rogue agency that just took crazy chances and they happened to pay off, like, I don't really know how much of a difference a different developer might make. Because, like, the amount of money you're throwing at this, like, you could probably hire just about anyone. Uh, and so, like, I could see them just, like, firing a bunch of people at EA and then getting new people and trying new talent and doing this and that. And, like, they could do any number of things, you know? And I think that the products are still going to be, like, largest common denominator at the end of the day anyway. What's, well, like, know. would they rather lose the license or, like, fire Andrew Wilson, you know? It's, like, right. it might come down to that type of decision. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I, I, the last thing I wanted to touch on is, uh, th- so we got the Burnout uh, Paradise remaster announcement, which came out of nowhere. It's coming out next month, uh, the 16th, I believe, um, which is it's cool. There's People have differing opinions on the Burnout franchise. I like Burnout Paradise a lot. I'm not a huge Burnout guy. I'm not a huge car guy uh, either way. Love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, it's uh, Apparently, they're keeping a lot of the licensed music in it, which is really cool. They didn't have to really cut any oh, too much. Oh, you please take me home? Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Gotta have it in there. It's Gotta a nice have rendition. It. Uh, the, the reason I want to talk about it is because in the past, EA has been very much against remasters. They've been asked about Mass Effect and Dead Space and a lot of other titles, and they've yeah. kind of been like, that's not what we do. We're, we make new games, as they say. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but with this Burnout Paradise Remaster, it seems like they're more open to the idea. So I want to talk with you guys and, and you know, kind of discuss what do we think is the most plausible thing. I don't think we'd see a Mass Effect Trilogy Remaster anytime soon, especially with Anthem on the horizon. Um, but like a Dead Space Trilogy is, could, could happen, you know, um, especially if they're trying to build goodwill with gamers now that they recently closed Visceral. i releasing a Trilogy Remaster of those games. Even though people don't like the we talked about before the show, Jordan... It's still going to be included because a trilogy marketing, it's just easy sell. Um, helps them dictate the price point, make it a lot more digestible for people. Um, yeah, I, I just want to know from you guys, what do you think is most likely with the remasters coming from EA? And what would you want the most from them? Because for me, it's Mass Effect, my favorite video game franchise. Um, I would love to just play Mass Effect 1 without the loading times and some of the yeah. weird obtuse things that don't really hold up. Because uh, that game's so amazing and I love it so much. And Mass Effect 2 is great too. So, yeah, what about you guys? I think Mass Effect is most likely. I don't see a Dead Space happening. I don't know if that would, to them would be worth it, but I probably would have said the same thing about Burnout Paradise if you asked me a few weeks ago. So I guess who knows? Ideally, I'd like to see like a Knights of the Old Republic uh, remake. Oh, I've been teetering be, on. I've fun. never played it, and so I've been teetering on playing it now. But obviously, it's gonna it's a bit outdated. So that'd be cool if I could hold off and they did some kind of remake or remaster, but. I think Mass Effect is most likely. Yeah. I uh, I mean, I only have a tertiary understanding of how, you know, games are made necessarily, but, like, uh, I think that a Burnout... I've never actually played Burnout Paradise, but I think that a car game would probably be easier to update textures and, and stuff because, uh, I mean, cars are really... Like, they work well to make look really good um, in a video game. Uh, Whereas redoing three giant Mass Effect games would be a massive undertaking. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, like, Burnout Paradise, comparatively, I'm not saying it was that easy, but, like, you could just throw a Burnout Paradise together compared to making Mass Effect, you know? Even just one Uh, of those games would be, like... They probably times harder. They probably do Mass Effect separately though and charge fifty bucks a pop. Oh, I yeah. I think that that would be likely, like putting them out one at a time individually. Yeah. Um, 
And I mean, like, it would it would give them, um, especially with Mass Effect 3, like, it would give them a way to... Here's a complete package of the fixed-up version of the ending of this game and all that and tra-la-la and, like, you know, whatever. They could repackage it like that, too. But, yeah, man, Mass Effect 1 and 2 are great. Knights of the Old Republic would be amazing to see. That, that'd be... Well, Great. Either that would be a make good on the Star Wars license thing, or it would be not likely. But yeah. Well, the interesting thing too is like EA is in a position where they kind of have to do make some like good good faith moves where they're not necessarily gonna profit a whole lot from it if they yeah. want to fix the way their company's seen. Uh, there was uh, information that recently came out that they don't make any profit from the EA Originals games. Zero profit. What happens is when those games are put out for sale. Uh, all, they get the money back on whatever they invested in, and then that's it. And the, all of the all of the revenue after that goes 100% to the the developers, which is insane. Because that like yeah, it's that's a weird for EA because they're not making any profit from it. It's just for optics. So less insane when you think about the fact that they make billions of dollars off of FIFA card packs. Well, no, no, oh, yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> it's it's interesting to see them be willing to be like, oh, we're not going to make a profit on this. We're doing it for good good optics, you know. Yeah, it's a PR thing. Yeah, um, for sure. Ian, it's funny that you mentioned throwing a Burnout Paradise remaster together because as we were just introducing this topic, I was kind of thinking um, maybe this is something when Payback went down so poorly last year, Need for Speed Payback, I should uh, say, uh, they were like, you know, it might be time to look back at uh, the old Burnout franchise. And uh, for a while now, I've really thought that the uh, burnout franchise was just dead because um you know they they had ghost uh break off uh members of criterion after need for speed most wanted and they are the ones that make um the need for speed games now have made the last three obviously payback did not go down well at all um and so obviously there is still uh, the burnout team is there at EA with Criterion and uh, Ghost, um, and Criterion uh, in the past, you know, several years has made the tech demo that showed up at uh, E3 with like the off-road sports deal that was clearly way too early to show off. Yeah, and then um, they made the uh, space combat in Battlefront Two, so. They're a big enough studio that they could, you know, be making a real game. And if they're bringing back the Burnout series, that would be amazing because it's one of my favorite series. Um, I've always liked it a lot better than Need for Speed. I get that the brand recognition with Need for Speed is way bigger, but um, like you said, it could, it is something that could possibly have been thrown together, especially when they kind of um, fucked themselves on payback. See? So. You, you think they might be the testing right the waters with a re-release yeah. to see if there's interest? Yeah. Yep. I'm thinking I think, the, the. I think you might. It might be, be right. Perfect yeah. timing. Well, yeah. Exactly. Just because, um, you know, talking about Dead Space, talking about Skate, talking about Mass Effect. Of course, I want all those remasters. Oh, but Skate. Yeah. 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 It's it's time for a lot of these EA franchises to come back. And unfortunately, they've been focusing on not putting out Star Wars games for several years now. But. Um, <laughs> they have all these great franchises that we'd really like to see come back and um you know maybe burnout is the egg cracking that egg open well i think burnout 2 plays really well in today's environment where we're getting like 
a for a different Forza every year, and then we're getting like GT or whatever comes out from you know Sony side, and yeah. uh, Burnout is more way more arcadey than those games for the most part. Obviously with the crashing and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I do think you you have a good point. It could be te- them testing the waters to see like do people still care about Burnout? You know, can we can we? Well, they've is got this worth it? they've got Need for Speed on a two year cycle, and um, I really think that they could you know kind of give Need for Speed a bit more of a break and kind of have burnout come in um kind of in their off years to kind of keep it fresh yeah and i've always said it was weird that the two biggest arcade racing games in gaming were owned by the same company but you know if they play their cards right then you could you could do it really well yeah or do they do like a need for speed underground remake or reboot or something like that that's what uh need for speed dog Right. Need for Speed 2015 when it was just called Need for Speed that was I mean oh, that with was the weird like underground F- that's, possibly yeah. get oh, okay very... I don't follow it closely enough apparently um yeah that one was good though yeah um I'm trying to think of I think that's pretty much it for the the discussion we can hop into uh what we're gonna be playing uh, this coming week uh for me it's more Monster Hunter World um yeah I'm I'm trying to figure out all of the like high rank armor stuff Ian so like oh yeah the charms and the decorations and there's a lot of stuff to like digest and get into um until you'll you'll find a few like decent decorations but by and large they're not great until you're fighting like threat level two tempered monsters okay um yeah and you get high rank alpha and beta alpha has more skills and fewer slots for decorations beta has one skill generally and more slots for decorations when you get High-level augmentations, you can up the level of your uh, armor, but those, you need specific kinds of gems, and those are kind of, like, not very likely to drop threat level 2 tempered, and more likely threat level 3, which are just tempered elder dragons, but you don't get those until level 49 (laughs) or 50. It gets pretty crazy grindy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm loving that game, though. It's so much fun. Oh, it's the best. Like, I just like going on expeditions and just exploring, like, the ecosystems and the ecology and everything. It's... Yeah. So awesome. Um, I'm going to try to finish less this week. I still need to get around to finishing Wolfenstein 2. I've talked about that. Annihilation, obviously, coming out tomorrow as of recording Word. this. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that's it. That's on the on the forefront. Um, Are you, you're staying on the Walking Dead train, right? I don't know, dude. <laughs> we're <just laughs> riding, we're riding that shit to the, to I the haven't, end. Huh? I haven't liked this show for like the past three seasons, two and a half seasons. I don't know. Yeah, it's just one of those yeah. things that, like, I've watched so much of it, I'm invested. I don't know if I'll watch it week to week, but I'll definitely end up watching watching it, I guess. I don't know. I, yeah. Diminishing returns, bro. Just bail. Mm. Yeah, I know. I bailed out in season two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but bailing season two versus season oh, yeah. eight or nine is, is a different story. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't yeah, like I don't. that show. <laughs> yeah. If, it's the sunken cost fallacy is what it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's gonna get want, better. It's gonna get better. It's I, tough I too, cause like at least I could like watch Walking Dead and be like, at least Game of Thrones is in June, but we don't even have Game of Thrones yeah. this year. Yeah. So it's well, like, you got Westworld. Ugh. Yeah, Westworld. I, guess, I need back. to catch up on Westworld. Actually, yeah, good point. I might just ditch Walking Dead. Yeah, fuck for, Walking Dead. Get just on Westworld. Catch up on Westworld. I think I'm like on episode six. I think there's like what eleven episodes in, in the first season. Ten, ten? eight or ten. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm near ten. the end. Uh, you're right. Exactly. You're right into the like weird lull in the middle of the first season. Yeah. Uh, well, there was the big reveal that happened with the 
the guy with glasses and the beard. I don't know mm -hmm. how to say it without spoiling it. <laughs> don't there spoil it. A, yeah, there's You've already said version. too much. Too much. Uh, yeah. Um, that's pretty much it for me. What about you guys? What do you have going on this week? So, obviously, uh, Annihilation, as you said, I got the tickets for uh, just a few hours from now. Super pumped. Ah. Um... And then, yeah, we'll, we'll see about Walking Dead. I, I am, unfortunately, riding the train uh, till it ends, <laughs> but it's certainly not something I'm super hyped on. Um, and then, guys... If oof. that train was like a movie, it'd be like the back of Snowpiercer. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about trains you don't necessarily want to be on. If we could get some fucking review scores out, then it's looking like I might be jumping into the old Metal Gear Survive. I heard... Um, I read a thing that says that you need to pay for a second character save slot. With in-game currency, I think. In-game currency? Yeah, it costs yeah. a thousand of whatever currency it is. Yeah, yeah that's certainly dumb as fuck, but I'm only <laughs> going to be using one. Yeah. So, either way, I'm, I'm just... Man, we streamed that game the other day, and I just... Oh, everything about it, I'm like, oh boy. Get me Does out it, of here. Did you play Phantom Pain? Uh, yeah, half of it. Does it feel like Phantom Pain? It moment looked, to moment gameplay it controlling like, the character it looked like the controls were the same yeah similar yeah see that's what it is man that shit is silky on the, on the stream I, I someone asked if I'd played and I lied and said that I had <laughs> so, so that I wouldn't have to play it love the ending <laughs> uh, for survive I mean oh like when you guys are passing oh, the controller gosh. or whatever yeah Brandon or whoever was like Ian did you play I'm like yeah I played for 20 minutes that was not <laughs> that was not that's even true. better the I only clip I saw all. was somebody somebody clipped out. Uh, I guess during the stream, there was a part where uh, Kyle was poking uh, Huber when he was playing, and like Huber like unleashed on him. Oh yeah, Kyle was being kind of a dick during the stream. <laughs> he was like, he was, Huber's like, oh Kyle, giving me advice on multiplayer games. It was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then like two minutes later, Huber was like, I'm sorry, I snapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That game's it, it, that game's a whole conversation for another day, but I mean it looks decent. It's weird that no one knew it was coming out. Like obviously people knew, but like there was like no marketing behind it or anything. It's like a very weird situation. Very yeah. Weird. I, I wonder if it's a thing with them that they're like let's just sneak this in. People who want to buy it buy it. Let's just not yeah. cause a commotion. Yeah. They're trying to Cloverfield paradox it out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for cutting off, Jay. No, you're good. I think that's pretty much about it. I don't think. Uh really got anything too special <clears throat> nice i will watch the walking dead i mean maybe i'm lying to myself but i still like it enough to watch it um you do you <laughs> yeah. Module um, otherwise i still have a bunch of stuff to do around this damn house uh so i don't plan on getting to any games if i do get to anything it'll be persona for he got a new house yeah, but uh he moved in that's what yeah you you, <laughs> you bought your first house dom you and emily yeah yeah Whoa, congratulations <laughs> So yeah, this week, I mean, we still got to wrap things up at the old apartment before uh, that's all done with. Hopefully I can get my deposit back. And it's a whole conversation. Uh, Ian, can, Ian, can you tell that he doesn't live in L.A. considering he bought his house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. What about, what about you, Ian? More Monster Hunter? Yeah, Slay I mean, the Spire, I'm, right? Is that the game you're talking Slay about? Slay the Spire I've been playing. Uh, I'm going to jump into this new Stellaris. Uh, what else? A new yeah, Civ I mean, expansion Hunter. came out, right? Sorry to interrupt you. A new Civ expansion came out, out recently, yeah, I, I don't think. Know if that's out yet. I've been having an itch to play Civ for some reason. I don't know why. Just I want to jump in. Yeah, sorry. 
<laughs> you were talking about Solaris and it reminded me of Civ for some reason. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're very similar. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that came out yet. I'm looking. I don't want to type because it'll cause noise, but whatever. Um, yeah, but if that's out, I'd probably pick that up too. Um, yeah, really excited for Annihilation. And then uh, I'm going on vacation in a week or two, so I need to just do a bunch of easy updates before I go. Yeah. Stockpile. Stockpile. Where busy. are you headed? Hawaii. Never been. Awesome. Ooh, cool. Hawaii. Yeah. Um, one more little tidbit. I was thinking about whether or not to mention this because it's not a huge deal, but then I thought, no, it is a big deal. Uh, they just started up the second half of the final season of Star Wars Rebels. Um, so... Um, catching up on that and uh we've talked a lot about that with dom uh jumping into clone wars and stuff but uh that show's been really cool um you know disney's first star wars show obviously it's animated and even more kind of kid oriented than uh clone wars was and of course we're going to be getting uh some finally some star wars live action coming in the future so very excited about that possibly even uh, the Game of Thrones guys, if that's what they end up doing. So, very excited about that, but um, also really happy with the team that has been doing Clone Wars and Rebels all these years. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they end up sticking together for more Star Wars stuff. But yeah, shout out to that show. Real the... quick. Sorry, go ahead, Ian. Oh, I was just going to ask, is the, the, I heard that Game of Thrones Star Wars thing. Were they getting their own trilogy of movies, or are they doing yep. a show? Their own trilogy. That's what... Yeah. Are you sure? Because yep. I just heard that they were. I'm ninety-eight percent sure that they were confirmed to have their own trilogy that they're writing. Yeah, well, you were sure about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Oh. Very, very valid point. Very valid point. I wonder if Ryan Johnson <laughs> yeah, still gets his trilogy of movies too. Yep. I think they're. I think they're going to actually after episode nine. My assumption is they're going to put the the Skywalker. Yeah. You know, saga on hold. And we're gonna get these two different trilogies, along with the movies in between or whatever. So, I mean, um, yeah, there. It seemed like in Jedi they were setting up a different kind of Jedi situation. Also, uh, does that mean the Game of Thrones guys' weird, like, really misguided slavery never stopped show is not happening? Yeah, they basically said like, "Yeah, we're out." <laughs> they said that. Yeah, they're basically like, "Good." Star that was Wars a terrible, is kind of a terrible idea. Deal. Yeah, uh, that was so a they got horrible a- idea. They got a lot of backlash. Speaking of Game of Thrones, did you see the, what uh, George R. R. Martin came out and said about the books? Um, uh, what did he say? I'm paraphrasing. Uh, Winds of Winter is the new one that's coming out, right? That he's currently writing? Yeah, Winds of something, yeah. Winds of something, yeah. So apparently he's writing a two-part Targaryen standalone story, and he's hoping to release the first one, and then he's going to release the next mainline book, and then he's going to release the second Targaryen book, and then he's going to release the next Game of Thrones mainline. Book. Oh my God! Gerard, so important addendum. Just write to what the you books. Important addendum, Jared. Okay. There are already two Targaryen short stories that he's written and put out. Yeah, there. But uh. these are like a, a, an extension so of that. We definitely need more Targaryen shit, buddy. <laughs> Exactly. Um, that's it for the podcast, guys. Thank you guys for listening to episode 89 of the Controlled Ditches Gamecast. Ian, if they don't know, please let them know where they can find you. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Ian Hink. Otherwise, EasyAllies.com or EasyAllies Patreon, whatever. All that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch episode 100 of Easy Update. It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> I even I even like the uh, – was it episode 99? or Which one did you help Huber edit? Yes. Editing yeah, was with Huber, I loved it. Editing as, as an editor myself, I loved like 
having somebody who edits explain editing to somebody who's not super familiar with it. You did a great job, dude. That's not <laughs> oh, easy to like boil that down. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Huber's a good pupil. He makes it easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. If you can, please follow us on iTunes if you aren't already. Leave us a review if you can. That definitely helps. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, actually, um, as a day of recording this, so this will be coming out afterwards, uh, uploaded the second episode of our series, A Look Back At, uh, which is basically a short-form 20 to 30-minute conversation where we talk about games from the past. Um, usually optimistic. We are critical about the games, but an optimistic view of uh, our memories of that game and our experiences. Hopefully, Ian can be on in the future. Um, this one yeah. was about Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. The first episode, if you missed it, was about Batman Arkham City. Uh, we have a couple of other episodes in the pipeline, including Kingdom Hearts and uh, Limbo as well. So yes. definitely stay tuned for those. They're really short, too. They're like 20 minutes. Uh, we just talk about the game uh, and go through it and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully you check that out. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you guys for listening and or watching. Have so, you guys take the podcast? Jared? Yeah. Quick uh, info on the Star Wars thing. Okay. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, so you were mostly right. Um, quote from Bob Iger here says, Their interest was in creating a series of films that are Star Wars based. To my knowledge, they didn't express interest about a series. So it looks like he says series of films. It doesn't necessarily mean a trilogy, but he said, you know, they're not necessarily interested in doing like a TV series. Hmm. Okay. Uh, One for two. Batting 500. Um <laughs> Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Catch us next week, and we'll see you guys next time.